0: Section Seven of the World War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. The World's Story, Volume Fifteen, The World War, edited by Horatio W. Dresser. Section Seven. Germany's Military Masters. 1917, by Woodrow Wilson. Time enables those who understand the international situation to speak with more confidence. President Wilson, in an address delivered at Washington, June 14, 1917, at a Flag Day celebration, set forth in detail the reasons why the United States entered the war, and made the following summary of the causes of the war as a whole. The Editor the war was begun by the military masters of germany who proved to be also the masters of austria-hungary these men have never regarded nations as peoples men women and children of like blood and frame as themselves for whom governments exist and in whom governments had their life they have regarded them merely as serviceable organizations which they could, by force or intrigue, bend or corrupt to their own purposes. They have regarded the smaller states in particular, and the peoples who could be overwhelmed by force as their natural tools and instruments of domination. Their purpose has long been avowed. The statesmen of other nations, to whom that purpose was incredible, paid little attention regarded what German professors expounded in their classrooms, and German writers set forth to the world as the goal of German policy, as rather the dream of minds detached from practical affairs, as preposterous private conceptions of German destiny, than as the actual plans of responsible rulers. But the rulers of Germany themselves knew all the while what concrete plans, what well-advanced intrigues, lay back of what the professors and the writers were saying, and were glad to go forward unmolested, filling the thrones of Balkan states with German princes, putting German officers at the service of Turkey to drill her armies and to make interest with her government, developing plans of sedition in India and Egypt, setting their fires in Persia. The demands made by Austria upon Serbia were a mere single step in a plan which compassed Europe and Asia, from Berlin to Baghdad. They hoped those demands might not arouse Europe, but they meant to press them whether they did or not, for they thought themselves ready for the final issue of arms. Their plan was to throw a broad belt of German military power and political control across the very center of Europe, and beyond the Mediterranean into the heart of Asia. And Austria-Hungary was to be as much their tool and pawn as Serbia, or Bulgaria, or Turkey, or their ponderous states of the east. Austria-Hungary, indeed, was to become a part of the central German empire, absorbed and dominated by the same forces and influences that had originally cemented the German states themselves the dream had its heart in Berlin. It could have had a heart nowhere else. It rejected the idea of solidarity of race entirely. The choice of peoples played no part in it at all. It contemplated binding together racial and political units which could be kept together only by force. Czechs, Magyars, Croats, Serbs, Romanians, Turks, Armenians, the proud states of Bohemia and Hungary, the stout little commonwealths of the Balkans, the innominable Turks, the subtle peoples of the East. These people did not wish to be united. They ardently desired to direct their own affairs, would be satisfied only by undisputed independence. They could be kept quiet only by the presence of the constant threat of armed men." They would live under a common power only by sheer compulsion and await the day of revolution. But the German military statesmen had reckoned with all that and were ready to deal with it in their own way. And they have actually carried the greater part of that amazing plan into execution. Austria is at their mercy. It has acted, not upon its own initiative or upon the choice of its own people, but at Berlin's dictate ever since the war began. The so-called Central Powers are in fact but a single power. Serbia is at its mercy, should its hands be but for a moment freed. Bulgaria has consented to its will, and Romania is overrun. The Turkish armies, which Germany trained, are serving Germany, certainly not themselves. And the guns of German warships lying in the harbor of Constantinople remind a Turkish statesman every day that they have no choice but to take their orders from Berlin. End of Section seven